0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. It is a pleasure to get to be with you this morning and get to have this opportunity to stand up here and share some thoughts with you again. Um, It's the second time I've gotten to do this, and I do want to first express how thankful and how much love I felt from the first time I got to speak up here you guys just love that you bounce back at me after sharing my thoughts there I just I, I can't ex- just express enough how much that meant to me I mean the body is a is a powerful thing and I guess at the same time it's that love and reaction that you gave that now means I'm up here again so um, I guess we should all be careful what we do <laughs> but here we are and uh, again you know I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity to get to talk with you this morning I'm grateful that uh, actually Jason gets to be here and get a day off of, get to sit and get to worship from the seats himself and get to share some thoughts as well. And what I want to do this morning is really build off that message that I had, it seems like yesterday, but it was last May, right? Last May, for those of you who weren't here, just a little refresher, what I did last May is shared a children's song shared this children's song that we all know so well when we just sang, Jesus loves me, this I know. Right? That children's song right? that we have a lot of us have ingrained in our hearts and are able to sing without even looking at the words that were just up there, Jesus loves me, this I know. And that when we hold those words in our heart, that Jesus loves me, and when we recognize the fact that everyone in the room is singing that song, we have to realize and appreciate the fact that Jesus doesn't just love us me, Jesus loves you. I have to acknowledge that Jesus doesn't just love me, he loves you. And as soon as I acknowledge that Jesus loves you, everything changes. Because as soon as I acknowledge that Jesus loves you, I have to love you too, right? And that changes how we have to interact with one another. Right? And also shared last time this fact that we are all weak, right? You might have noticed I changed the words on Kendall on that last Jesus loves me, right? they who are weak, right? We are weak. We are weak, but he is strong, right? Jesus is strong. And so what I want to do this morning is build on that idea. Build on that a little bit. When I think about this church, right, this church that I know so well, and I've been thinking a lot about church lately since actually I got the chance to stand up here and talk to a church and share some thoughts and share a message with you. Think about, why do we do it? Right? Why do we come here every Sunday, right? Wednesday nights? Why do we do church? Right? And not even why do we do church, but more sort of interesting to me sometimes is to think about, why do I do church? Right? Why do I do church? And that's sort of what I want to think about here this morning with a little message. And I have to be honest with you. I haven't always done church. Right? I'm doing church right now. I haven't always done church. Now, I was born a pastor's son. Right? Born a pastor's son. And dad teaches in the, or preaches in the Presbyterian church and raised in the Presbyterian church. I've done church for, well, a long time. Right? I was a pastor's kid, right? son of a preacher man. There, 18 years, every Sunday, with my brothers and sister, rarely quiet either, right? You know, as, as preacher's childrens, you know, we rarely are quiet in the pews. And growing up as a preacher's kid, guarantees almost that you're gonna spend at least 18 years in the church, right? Guarantees you're gonna spend those 18 years in the church. And what's amazing and what I found interesting, 18 years in the church You get to see a lot of things. 18 years in the church, you get exposed to a lot of different people, a lot of different situations at a time when you're extremely young. You sort of, also, as a preacher's kid, you get a very unique perspective. As a preacher's kid, you very quickly get to realize that there are, well, your family, your preacher's family, are people. That's sort of an interesting idea sometimes to people, that preachers are people, right? Yeah. Just like you and me, no different. And their children are no different than your children, right? And the troubles they will face are no different than your troubles. It becomes very clear to me, as a, growing up in my family, that just because I was in a preacher's family, there is no guarantee that darkness that pain, that struggle, are going to be absent. That following Christ is no guarantee that struggles are going to be gone from your life. What became very clear to me is that struggle is a part of life. That we are all going to be exposed, no matter who we are, no matter what our job title is, no matter who we're related to, pain is a constant in this world. That's not easy for, I think, kids to grow, understand, right, and growing up in the church. Growing up in the church, you get to see a lot of people's reactions to different things. Right? Growing up in the church at a very young age, it's hard to appreciate the complexities that our humanity brings us, right? It's hard to really appreciate how not black and white things are we think about the church, we know we come here to worship God, right? And we know our God is a perfect God, right? And his son that he sent to our planet to teach us, to show us the way, is a perfect son. We know that Jesus was perfect. We can read all about that. But oftentimes, the trouble comes when we take that perfection and we place it on the church itself. Because as soon as we take that perfect God and place the church, and think the church is a place where we worship our perfect God, we can start getting lost in the thinking that our church is perfect. And it turns out that it's not. Because humans, we are not perfect. We are not perfect. And so the problem in making the church perfect comes When we start to see all of our imperfections, when those imperfections of our humanity start to show themselves, we very easily can call them hypocrisies, we can become jaded, and we can want to walk away. When I left for college and went out to the world, I didn't look for a church. Now, don't get me wrong, I had God in my heart. I knew Jesus very well. I was raised to know Jesus, and I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that Jesus loved me. I knew that Jesus loved my family and that through Jesus I can survive and we will survive all the struggles and all the things that come before us. I had God in my heart. I knew the glory that he brought on this earth. The things that I saw were because of him. But I didn't seek out a church. I didn't seek out a church. Now, as a student, it's easy to do that. We're traveling around. We're not stationary. We're exposed to lots of different things. There's always something going on. I would poke my head into church every once in a while. Obviously, when I went home to visit my family. Better go to church. I, several times, was feeling lost, and I'd find myself sitting in a church somewhere. I knew that church was a place that I could go to. But I didn't commit to it. I knew what church was, but I chose to hold Jesus in my heart. Hold him there for myself, knowing that he could get me through this life that I had to walk. That I could love others, as I've been taught that Jesus loves me. I can love others, right, just by myself, that I could do that. That's what I thought when I went out into the world, probably for almost 20 years. And it turns out I was wrong. I know that now. Now I should mention today is not just any day for me, right? Today is my anniversary, right? Sharon and I today after a little bit after six o'clock we'll be married for seven years. Right? Yeah. There we are. Right? Remember that day? That was a long time ago. Right? <laughs> we were younger then. We are younger then. Been married for seven years. I don't know where the time has gone. Four years ago, we moved to Thomasville. Shortly after arriving in Thomasville, we had a house. We were suddenly expecting our child. And before we knew it, Zachary was in the world. Right? Now, I share all this fact. You know, it's our anniversary. Not at all to gain any points with my wife. I'm sure that doesn't help pointing at it. Although, if bonus points come because of it, I'll take them. Um, actually, if anything, I should be getting bonus points from the church, because what I want to do today is talk about church on our anniversary, right? And there's a lot of analogies in the Bible that talk about the relationship between church and marriage, right? In fact, we can go over to Ephesians, right? Ephesians 5.25. We're not going to stay there long. Don't worry about it. 5.25. It said, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, we can learn a lot from that passage. We are to love our wives as Christ loved the church. We know Christ, what he did for us. We know what he did for his people. He gave his life. And that's what we are called to do. Now, of course, if we're bringing Ephesians out on our anniversary, we want to be careful and want to make sure we pull out a lot of context if we're going to sit down and really look at that too long so we're not going to dwell there, right? <laughs> the reason I wanted to share this marriage is because of what she has done for me. Right? Because she, I'm pretty easy to just be happy with what I'm doing, right? Once I get stuck in a way, I don't like changing very much. I don't can get stuck in my ways and keep on going on the path that I think is a good one. Shortly after Zachary was born, Sharon said, Tim, we need to find a church. She said, we need to find a church. And I'll be honest, I don't think I would have found a church if I didn't have a reason to find a church, and that reason was her. Now, it actually wasn't the first time we tried to find a church. Uh, We'd done it once before in North Carolina. We were living there, and we went through the whole thing. We were both open to lots of possibilities. I was raised in a Presbyterian church. Sharon was raised non-denominational. We were both had some issues with organized religion and had seen some of those things that churches can become and so we're open to just trying out different flavors and we did that we started the whole let's go visit every church in the book and we went to a lot I think in North Carolina we finally sort of found one that we liked and found a a little bit of a home there but very quickly we were moving again right in our young ages we moved quite a bit but Here in Thomasville, we were getting settled. We actually had a house. We had stable jobs. We were getting a place. We knew, Sharon said, we needed to find a church. I knew she was right. So it was, where do we go? Well, Sharon drives to Tallahassee, right, from our house, and she passes this place on her ride. And she said, there's a church I drive past on my way to Tallahassee. It's called Corner something or other. So what do we do? We look it up online. We Google it, find a website, look at their website, and see a whole lot of Jesus and a whole lot of love and say, you know what, that's a good place to start. Let's see what they're about. Because of Sharon, we came and checked out Cornerstone. We came in that Sunday, and we found exactly what we saw online. We found Jesus. We found love. We're loving people that welcomed us, welcomed our newborn son. These people lifted us up, and we felt at home. Now, last time we tried to do this to find a church, we knew this was going to be a long process, right? Finding a church is not usually an easy thing. After that Sunday, we got into our car, and Sharon turns to me and she says, you want to come back next Sunday? I said, yeah, right? You don't usually come back right away, right? You keep on trying different things, right? And we did. We came back, and we came back, and we haven't stopped, and three years have gone by, right? be also when Sharon said we need to find a church and I knew she was right what I was thinking is that I have a new son I have a new son and he needs to be raised in a church because I was raised in a church right that provided a foundation for me right so I was thinking that yeah we need to find a church because Zachary needs to have a church family right that's what Zach is going to need and so that's what I was thinking when we needed to find that church But years have gone by, and we've been stuck around to this church, right? And it's not, I have to ask myself, why? Why did I stick around? Right? What did I know now that I didn't know then? Right? What I now know today, and what I can tell you today, it's not that Zachary needed church, which he does. It's not that Sharon needed church, which she does. It's that I needed church. I walked into this church not because I needed church, because my family needed church. That's very different, right, when we think about it. That's very different why I was coming out here. And what I've come to see is that it's not that my family needed church, it's that I needed church. Right? But if I look back at my life, church church is full of people who struggle. right? Church is full of people who fail, right, people, church is full of people that don't live up to your expectations. Church is full of people that let you down. This is what churches can be. Church is full of broken people. And what I've come to realize, that's the point. That's the point. That's why we need church. Because I struggle. I fail to live up to expectations. I don't do what I'm supposed to do. I need Christ. I need Christ as much as everybody else in this room, everyone else in this state, everyone else in this world need him. We are all broken people. We all need him. That is why we have our church. Because if Christ can love me, he loves you too. He loves you too. It's through his grace that we are saved. If we have any hope, of being saved, if I have any hope of being saved, right, I need Christ, you need Christ, right, we all need Christ. I didn't learn this on my own, right, this wasn't something that I could come to, because I was fine thinking I had it figured out, right, this is something that church helped me to see. It's actually this church that I've gotten to be exposed to a lot of different ideas, starting to think more and deeper about my understanding of God, my relationship with God. Start reading and thinking. Start trying to actually, as I prepare this message, to write out what I believe. If you haven't done that, I'd encourage you to try. it. You ever try to actually write out in words, to use words to write down what do you believe? It's hard to find a point to start at. So you turn to other places and what other people have said. In fact, I was listening to a podcast that a conversation with uh, Don McLaughlin I was a pastor up in Atlanta. And in that conversation, he was sharing a statement that I've really held on to. Right? He shared this idea that what we know is that where God is involved, all things can change. Where God is involved, anything can change. And how do we know it? We know it through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Right? When God is involved, all things are, can change. Anything can is possible. And if you want to understand that, then look to the life, the death, and the resurrection of his son. Jesus shows us the power of God. Right? He shows us what God can do. He shows us that death isn't it. right? All things can change. Right? When we look at Jesus, we can see what God can do. So, if we're looking to Jesus, and let's look at what Jesus had to say about church, right? Since that's what I want to think about. What did Jesus want this church to be? And the place to start out is in Matthew, right? Matthew 16, Matthew 16. Jesus is talking with his disciples. And at one point, he finally asks his disciples, and he turns to them and says, Who do you say I am? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answers him. He says, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. funny, I read that, too, and you wonder, you know, you put your own tones on that, too, given you're the Messiah, the Son of the living God, you know? Like, why are you at, we know, I know who you are. And Jesus replies, and I tell you that you are, Peter, and on this rock I will build my, remember that word, right? Now, that's not actually in the uh, NIV there, that funny word there, but we can remember back a little bit. That little Greek is that good old word, Ecclesia, ecclesia. That's not in the NIV, right? Ecclesia has been translated for us because we don't know Greek. It's Greek to me. It's been translated to church, right? In fact, every translation you're looking at, church, church, church. On this rock, on that fact that I am the Son of God, I will build my church. But it wasn't church, right? That wasn't what was said. Right? It was ecclesia, right? And we have to remember back, we can go back to remember Jason's that twisted series. Not that long ago, it seems like a little bit ago. Ecclesia was a translated word that when we actually look at what that word means, we come to realize that it wasn't church. Right? That what an ecclesia is, is it is an assembly of called out individuals. Right? That what Christ was looking for was not to build a place of worship, who is looking to build a community of followers, a community of worshipers. Right? What the goal is, is community. In fact, Jason pointed out, shared this translation from the Tree of Life Bible, Right? this Messianic translation. And what we see in this translation, in fact, it's great, you search through this because we can do that now with our apps and our phones and the Internet. They don't use the word church at all because it's not about a place. What we are, what we are, we are not a structure. We are a, to be, a community, right? We are to be a community, And I think that's a powerful thing, right? And I think it's something that when we start to change out church with community, we can really start to get at what we're supposed to be, right? In fact, we can do that right now. Right? I started asking, why is church? Change that. What? Why community? Now that's a little bit easier to answer, right? Because we thought about why community a lot in our lives. Why do I need a community? Why do I need other people? Right? I can't do everything. Right? I can't be everything. I need a community. Right? I need other people to support me. Right? Think about what we could do when we change that. Cornerstone is a church of Christ. Cornerstone is a community of Christ. When we start to think about ourselves not as a church of Christ, but as a community of Christ, we start to understand what was important to Jesus when he said those words, that I am to build a community of followers, that through togetherness, through working together, we can build and be a community, that we are to be a community of Christians. So what does a community look like? Right? How would someone know we are a community of Christ? Right? Why do we need community? Well, again, the Bible has lots to say about it. Right? Hebrews 10, 24, And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Right? We need community because we need to be spurring one another on to love and do good things. First Peter, Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you is given. We're told we are to serve one another. And that's what communities do. We serve one another with whatever gifts we have. And we all have lots of different gifts, right? Some can stand up here and try to talk a little bit, right? Some can sing. Some can teach. Some can bake. Some can organize, right? Whatever gifts we are, we are to serve One another. And if anyone ever wanted to figure out, are we a community of Christians? There's one way that Jesus very clearly says how you'll know a Christian community when you see it. You'll know a Christian community when you see it because of love. We are called to love one another. You will know they are Christians by their love. That's how they'll know. How do you know when you're a community of Christians? Because there is love. And if love is not present, we know then we are not in a community of Christians. If love is not there, then we are not in a community of Christians. If we want to be a community of Christ, Jesus has told us there's only one way to do it, and that is with love. Love one another. It goes right back to that message we started with. We're to love each other through every single dark period, through every single struggle that we have. We're to love each other through every single celebration. We're to support one another. We are to be a community of Christ. We are to be a community of love. And that means we're not just to love on Sundays. Love doesn't just happen on Sundays. Not Sunday mornings from 10 to 12, right? Because if we're a community of Christ, we're a community of Christ, period. Not just on Sundays. We're not just a community of Christ when we're gathered together we're a community of Christ all the time not just when it's convenient not just when it's beneficial to myself not just when it makes me look good or feel good right? not just when it's easy we are to be loving all the time we're to be a constant community that means every time we like share tweet we are to be loving every time we say hello every red light, we are to love God's people. Because we are all God's people. Every single one of us. Every single one of us are God's people. There's no exception to this. Right? If you believe that humankind is a reflection of Christ, right, then we are all God's people. Friday night I got to meet a man, his name was Sean. I was talking with him and he was sharing one way he tries to look at people is with that whole idea in mind, remembering that we are all reflections of Christ. And so he wants to walk up and say hello to people and say, hello, God. Right? Hi, God, nice to meet you. Because we are all a reflection of him. If we hold that as true, then we need to treat one another as a reflection of God. Everyone. Now you're going to say to yourself, what about the... Yep. Even the, stop, yes. Right? We are to love everyone. Right? All humanity is a reflection of God. Then we are to treat all humanity as a reflection of God. If we are a community of Christ, we must be a community of love. I ask this question, why church? And it's a simple answer. Because if we're to be loving, then we have to appreciate that love is an action verb. Love's not a passive thing. We can't just love by ourselves. That's what I've come to learn. That I cannot just love by myself. Love is something that we do. Love is something we do. We show love. We give love. We give love because we've been given the ultimate love. Love is also something that we need. There's another side to loving, and that's being loved. Sometimes I find it's easier to love other people. It's not as always easy to allow myself to be loved. To open yourself up to be loved means I have to be available. I have to share and communicate what I'm thinking and allow that love to be received. Right? It's not just about loving, it's about being love. We're a community of Christ because we need not just to show love, we need to be love. because I can't survive what all this world has for us, what all the brokenness that this earthly existence has without love. Right? I need love. I need love. Church. Now, that's not an easy thing. And I won't ever stress that enough. Right? Loving one another and being loved is not easy. I know because I try. <laughs> and I fail plenty. Right? I try to love and I don't always live up to it. I know that. I'll accept it and I try. And I'll be working on that. But it's exactly what I'm told do not only am i told to do it's exactly what jesus did if i believe that jesus is the example jesus shows me god's love and anything can change because of god jesus lives that loving life i am to live that loving life all things are possible even death has no hold This last weekend, as Doug was sharing, too, really has been a powerful one. And I don't normally check in on Facebook, but I try to just look in, especially before Sunday, see if I missed something. And when I did, I saw this recent review of the church up on Facebook. And if you can't read it, check it out afterwards. This was from, well, her name's Karen. And Karen joined us Saturday, Friday night. In fact, Karen came in about after 10. It was late, right? Our last person to join us here in the church. Friday night. Karen came, and you could see right when you looked at her, she was tired. She was exhausted. She had no place to go, and she needed a home. Barely spoke more than a few words to her at all. I think probably not too much was said to her at all. She needed a place to sleep, and she came in and found a place to sleep. She had a place, her dogs in a little crate, and they had a home here. Didn't say much at all to her during the time she was here. And she shares this. May God continue to bless. What does she see? Christ-like behavior. See, when it comes to loving one another, it's not what we say to one another. There's no words that are going to make you believe that Christ is here. It's not about words, because words don't ever live up to what Christ is. It's about what we do. By loving, by showing love, right? If we're to be... of you know, Christ a community of love, it's not about having the right words. Right? It's not about being able to say and be able to explain God because you're never going to be able to explain God. Right? As soon as we start trying to explain, we start just falling short because words aren't enough of the grace that we are given. But what we do matters. Right? By showing love, we can show Christ. Don't worry about having the right words or being able to say the right thing. Do The right thing. Do love. Be love to one another. And it's amazing how much that gets picked up on. If I was to pick anybody of that group, the last one I probably expected to say something would have been Karen because she was here. She left probably five, six o'clock in the morning before there was any food out. She got up and got on her way and went back to her world. And what she found here was love. That is a powerful thing, what our community can be. close out here, I wanted to add a little punctuation for the grammar, friends. A little comma there changes that question a little bit, too, right? So I want to ask, why church? Why do you do church? Why do we, as a community, do church? And I think it's something that we all have to ask ourselves. right? What, why are we doing this thing? Right? Why are we doing it? As we ask that question, we also need to think about what is holding us back. Why am I not doing it as much as I want to be doing it? What is holding us back? We have to ask this question as a church, right? Because we have to start thinking about growth, right, and what we're doing and how we are being a community, not just to each other, not just to this small body, but how are we a community of Christ, What's holding us back? Is it a name? Is it a location? Is it a time? Is it time itself? Is there something in your life or in all of our lives as a community that's limiting our love? I was excited last week when our elders and Jason got up here and shared what they're going to be doing. Over the coming months, our elders are going to be visiting each family in this church and getting time to spend with those families, right, getting time to spend with each of us to actually have some more communication, some more times to talk back and forth, right, because we need to talk to one another if we're going to understand what's working and what's not working, right, what is going on in your family, right, and I'm just excited and I continue and ask all of you all to be praying over that mission, right, to be praying for our elders as they go out, to be praying for our families, right, I encourage you to use this opportunity to share, Open yourself up, not just to love, but to be loved. Share what's going on, what struggles you face. Share what you think works and what you think could work better. If we don't talk about it, it's not going to change. And if we just talk about it, it's not going to change. Talk is a good place to start, but it's not where we stop. If we want to change, we're going to need to Do something. And that thing we need to do is spelled out very clearly. The thing we need to do is love. Through God, all change is possible. We see this in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. When we follow that, when we follow his son, and be amazed at the things we can do. We should remember that Jesus did not come for a person. He didn't come for me alone. He came for all people. Jesus came for all people. Humankind is a reflection of God's image. We are the people. We are the called out ones. We are God's community. We, humanity. Not Cornerstone. Not Thomasville. We, the people of this earth, are the community of which will be the, the foundation to be built on. I pray that as we continue to grow, as we continue to focus on what we need and what we can do and what we can be, that we rise to the challenge that's in front of us. I pray that we go out and we be that salt, that we be that light that we've been told that we are. Through Christ, we have been saved through his grace and his grace alone. There's nothing we can do to get that grace. And there's no guarantee that that grace is going to give us some great thing here on earth. I can tell you from experience that living on this earth is a hard and can be lots of of big hurdles in front of you. But through Christ, all things can change. Through Christ, I can get through those struggles. Through Christ, I have hope For what is to come I can't do that alone I needed my wife to show me that I need a church and I need a church to show me why we are a community of Christ we are a community of love and we will continue to be that join me in prayer Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to sit and think and talk and share. Father God, I ask that we all take this great gift that you have given, your ecclesia, your community, that we take it to our hearts and we write it down, that we take it down to the community and share it with all those we encounter, that we look at each person and see your reflection back at us, and that we reflect you back to them. Lord, I just thank you for this body. I thank you for all that they have taught me and for all that we will teach each other. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.